Tonight in Arkansas, there's a mother tucking in her daughter and turning off the light. A business owner is burning the midnight oil. An at-home dinner date is plating up possibility. And it's all happening under one roof. How? The power of a conversation. Like the one John from Integrity Solutions had with First Horizon Bank about his vision for a sustainable mixed-use building. Now it's not just words, it's life. First Horizon Bank. Let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash John. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Buck's Beat, episode 93. It's a Super Bowl breakdown featuring the San Francisco 49ers receiver and former Georgia star Chris Conley. Super Bowl 58 looks like a great matchup between the Niners and Chiefs. It's going to be a rematch from four years ago in Super Bowl 54 when the Niners hit the fourth quarter with a 21-10 lead at that point in time. The Chiefs dominated that fourth quarter. You might remember 21-0 to win that Super Bowl, 31-20. This time around, the 49ers come in two-point favorites, and they're playing with fire having won both home playoff games in comeback fashion over the Packers and the Lions. The Chiefs are going to hit the Super Bowl playing their best football of the season. Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes' offense has rediscovered the ability to hit that big play, and it's uh, Spags' defense that is currently leading the way, probably not getting as much publicity as that Kansas City offense, but this KCD has limited three straight elite offenses to an average of 13.7 points a game. And that includes road games at Buffalo and Baltimore. Folks, that is really impressive. Facing the Dolphins, the Bills, and the Ravens, they've only allowed 20 points once in those three games. Two of them on the road, as I mentioned. These teams are built differently. The Chiefs obviously have a big-name, big-money quarterback and Patrick Mahomes, so they have to go cheap at some of the other positions like receiver. 49ers have a cheap option at quarterback and Brock Purdy, which allows them to spend big and feature a high-profile defensive line and then pay their two other offensive stars and Debo Samuel and uh, Christian McCaffrey, pay both those guys big money. So the two teams built a little bit differently. And and make a note, uh, this isn't mentioned enough, these are two of the most well-coached teams in football. Reed and Shanahan are awesome head coaches and elite offensive game planners and play callers. They show that off each and every week, especially in these playoffs, that uh, that has shown up big with Reed and Shanahan just doing awesome jobs. And then on defense, you got Steve Spagnola and Steve Wilkes doing tremendous jobs too, running these two defenses. And all this makes for a super, Super Bowl 58 matchup in Las Vegas. I'll break down the matchups on both sides of the ball coming up in a few moments. But first, I want to get to my interview with 49ers receiver Chris Conley, a former uh, Georgia and Metro Atlanta product. And I had the opportunity to spend some time and get to know Chris this past season. When we were both together, we were together at the uh, Georgia bookstore before one of the Georgia home games, spent some time together. And, man, I just left so impressed with Conley. 
And he, uh, what impressed me a lot, too, was he took time to spend some quality time with both my sons, Braden and Rhett, who were there at the bookstore with me. Uh, and years prior, uh, a little crazy, we watched Conley have a big two-touchdown performance against Nebraska in the Capital One Bowl. Conley had an 87-yard catch and run for a touchdown and also a 49-yard touchdown catch. Uh, Braden and Rhett were a little younger then, but they remember that performance. And we've been a fan of Conley's ever since. And now Chris is off to the Super Bowl. San Francisco 49ers receiver and former Georgia Bulldog. Chris Conley joins me. Chris, thanks for your time, man, and congratulations on making it to the big game. Thanks, Buck. Uh, I'm glad to be here, and, man, it's been a, been a heck of a ride this year. Heck of a ride. Hey, is this a dream come true for you, uh, something you thought about as a player maybe at North, uh, North Paulding High School here in Metro Atlanta? How far did – did this dream go back? Tell us about the journey. Uh, you know, it's been it's been a journey of, of figuring out a lot of the steps as they come. You know, I, I started playing football late. I started playing in high school where most of the guys I played with played since they were, you know, younger. So uh, figuring out what uh, the possibilities were for myself was kind of a, a live event, you know, as I was, as I was learning the game. Uh, and, and working and kind of improving, um, you know, I didn't have a, a ton of expectations, but, uh, you know, definitely the last couple of years, um, as I've been in the league, you know, this is my, my ninth season in the NFL. Uh, it's definitely become um, a goal the longer that I've been in the league. You know, I, I have a lot of friends who have been there, uh, a lot of friends who've won. And, uh, you know, I just want to, want to, want to want to do that myself you know so uh definitely it is a it is a huge goal now yeah i'm sure at some point you'll be reflecting back on these people that helped you along the way uh, both i mentioned your high school there in north paulding high school georgia with coach rick uh, who are some of the people that that helped get you where you are right now your parents i know a big part of this yeah you know my mom and dad made uh, so many sacrifices uh, to get me here, not just sacrifices of their time or money, but sacrifices in in uh, making decisions that people said that they were ridiculous for how um, how structured they were. You know, some people called it just strict and ridiculous, but I'm so thankful for that now because you know that that structure uh, is one of the things that that's helped me excel. Um, I think I'm thankful for you know my high school coaches, Coach Webb. You know, for for teaching me the game and and waking up all those mornings with me to teach me how to catch a football, you know, uh, <laughs> Coach Rick, Tony Ball, everyone at Georgia, you know, it's it's just crazy how all of those interactions and relationships uh, help you, you know, grow into the man you are today. You guys had a great season, and that, I'm gonna tell you, man, that NFC Championship game, uh, entertaining for the fans and. I'm guessing a little emotionally draining for your your team there, the 40U and the 49ers team there. Down 24-7 at the half, rallied and, and just dominated the second half. Uh, tell us about that. How do you explain that, uh, a game of two halves? Yeah, uh, you know, it was just kind of one of those situations when you're down like that at halftime, 
uh, and you, you've already expended so much energy and emotion in the first half, uh, you know, there's not really any time for, for motivational speeches, and it's not the time for uh, more talking. It's the time to do it. You know, that's what guys came to a consensus to in the locker room and uh, really rallied around that it was time to put our foot down and uh, coming out that second half, man, uh, you know, the guys, you could see it in everyone's eyes. Uh, they were determined. And I think that winning games like that, you know, being able to come back uh, is something that you only really understand the potential of when you've been through a game like that and you've won. Uh, you, you realize that you're not really out of games, you know, even if you're down 20 points or 17 points. Uh, you realize that there's still opportunity uh, for you to come back and win. This is the way you play. Uh, Debo Samuel, 11 touches with a bad shoulder, uh, obviously toughing it out out there. What were your thoughts on his performance? Uh, phenomenal. You know, De Debo is a warrior. Uh, he uh, just goes out there. When he touches the ball, he does things, you know, that, uh, that are truly unique. Uh, and, and he's super gifted, just uh, the feel that he has. Uh, he's a football player, and he's a playmaker. Uh, and he uh, he gives us a lot of juice, man. He goes out there, and he puts it on the line, you know, regardless of how he's feeling. And, uh, you know, puts the team first. But, uh, you know, he's he's been uh, – he was instrumental in that, in that victory. Instrumental, absolutely. And Ayuk, uh, man, that catch was amazing. Uh, coming off the helmet of the, the safety for the Chiefs, one of the big plays in the game. Yeah, you know, B.A. has been playing at a high level all year. Uh, just, I, I would say that the most talented young receiver in this league, you know, uh, he's, he's proven that uh, over and over again that he's reliable uh, and he, he can go out there and he can make you plays. He's electric. Uh, but uh, that play, man, talk about the concentration of being able to see that ball come off the helmet of the defender and then being able to catch that and, you know, maintain it. That's that's huge. But that was a massive momentum shift. Uh, and you could just feel uh, the energy on the sideline uh, of flipping the field and, and really just showing, like, hey, like, this is happening. Hey, you've been around some great running backs. What What makes McCaffrey so good? Uh, you know, Christian can do it all. Uh, he can do it all. He can he can run uh, outside. He can run in between tackles. He can uh, cut back and, and reverse field. You know, he can he can be a power back, a speed back. Uh, but I think the most impressive thing about uh, Christian is uh, just the way that he is with his teammates. You know, he uh, he communicates so well with the guys. Uh, and gets along well with him. He goes out there and he fights for yards, and guys respect the hell out of him. Uh, and so uh, people block that way because they want to see him succeed because, you know, when it's time for him to do pass protection, he puts it all on the line. Uh, and he puts everything on the line every game. So he's got a lot of respect from, from everybody. Uh, and that's, that's really impressive. Chris, I was totally into the game watching it uh, here at home. And, Boy, I tell you, I got a little nervous at the end of the game. It's 34-31. You guys are hanging on to a three-point lead, 56 seconds left, and the Lions are lining up on that onside kick, and I see you out there as the primary recovery guy on that hands team. Uh, what were you thinking in that moment? Uh, you know, we had uh, 
studied their onside kick team, and they had uh, two kicks in that direction. So from the pre-snap alignment, uh, we knew that he was kicking my way. Uh, and he had two kicks that he had shown. He had uh, the short high hopper, which is the one that you saw. Uh, and then he also had a an on-the-ball or on-the-ground fast kick uh, that would go really, really wide. And uh, so I kind of had to line up a little bit wider than I wanted to because if you get that fastball that goes wide, you can't adjust back out. Um, but we ended up getting the shorter kick inside. And so making my way up to catch that shorter kick, you know, uh, Lions player dove out and tapped the ball back before uh, the ball had gone its 10 yards. And uh, George Kittle got on it, man. George Kittle got on it and uh, sealed the game. But uh, tough kick uh, for that situation. You know, we went with what we thought we were going to get, and we got the other, and uh, we're still able to make the play. Chiefs and Ravens game, uh, really a compelling game also. Uh, Chiefs really doing a good job defensively on Lamar Jackson and that Ravens offense, uh, able to get some pressure on Lamar. And then the thing I was impressed with, they had such tight coverage on those Ravens receivers. Uh, Spagnola seems to do a really good job there as a defensive coordinator. What have you seen so far of this Chiefs defense? Uh, you know, they're talented. Uh, they're talented and they're well coached. And, um, you know, they've obviously done what it takes to get to this point. You know, they've they've done what's necessary and they've uh, won when they needed to to get to where they are now. So, uh, got to respect that. Um, and uh, it, it shows on tape. It shows on tape. Brock Purdy, a big second half last week. Uh, what are you impressed with uh, Brock Purdy? What what impresses you most about him? Uh, Brock is um, an awesome guy, man. Uh, the thing that impresses me the most about him is, you know, he's young uh, and he's experiencing a lot of this stuff for the first time. But uh, the level of consistency that Brock has shown um, since I've met him, you know, of being about the same thing, about uh, being a good friend, a good teammate, about uh, his heart, you know, he, he wants to please God and, and really wants to praise him through the way that he plays, uh, through the ups and downs, good games, bad games, the consistency that he's had uh, as a face of a team you know, with all that pressure is, is impressive to me, you know, as a man of faith myself, that's uh, been really impressive to me. And, uh, you know, I, I think the world of him. And I think, I mean, obviously I think he's a really talented quarterback, but, you know, the perseverance that he's had to get to this point when everyone has said that he couldn't, that's, that's a big deal, man. And, um, you know, he's got the respect of, of the guys in that locker room, man. We all believe in him. Man, he's pulling that thing down and running with it on third down. A couple of big runs. You know? Yeah, man. He uh, he put the team on his back, and uh, I just I just love that. I, I just love the fact that, you know, in the face of adversity or naysayers, you know, he just uh, put the team on his back and uh, just says, you know, hey, glory to God. He just moves on. <laughs> love it, man. Love yeah. it. So, Chris, on a lighter note, I saw these Super Bowl tickets, man. They are 
a little pricey there. So uh, the, the players are getting two each, right? I mean, how's this going to work out for the Conley family? Yeah, man, you know, we're not uh, going to have my parents there. Obviously, going to have uh, my wife and my kids there. Uh, but, uh, yeah, now these these games are getting more and more expensive <laughs> each year. And as, as people, uh, I, some people would know, but not everyone knows, uh, we get two comps, you know, and outside of that, we got to buy tickets. And, man, these tickets are expensive <laughs> right now. So keeping, uh, keeping the, the, the people there small. Also, it's a really hectic week, you know, um, and uh, it's, I just think it would be a beautiful moment for uh, my parents to see, you know, because of all they not only sacrificed, but what they instilled in me. And I'm just thankful for that um, to have them there. But there's so many people that could be, you know, at the game. But unfortunately, it's just going to be uh, my parents and my family. Um, but I'm, I'm happy to have them there. Yeah, and I'm sure all your former teammates will uh, be cheering and, and watching you on the uh, the TV side there. And uh, I'm guessing you're hearing from a lot of these guys, or you will uh, at some point before the game hear from a lot of these teammates from Georgia. Let's say can't have you on without talking about Coach Rick and the Bulldog teammates you had there uh, not too long ago. Uh, have you heard from some of these guys? You expecting to hear from some of them? Yeah, you know, I just like uh, I, I heard from uh, Malcolm Mitchell. Uh, you know, he uh, shot me a message and uh, left me a kind word and told me that I needed to go finish it, you know, uh, Malcolm, uh, becoming, uh, one of my, you know, best friends from, from that team that I was on at Georgia and, uh, just to see him succeed and grow outside of football, uh, has been a joy. And, uh, you know, he's always had, he's always gotten on to me that even though I've played more football than he has, he <laughs> has a Super Bowl ring. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> he told me to go finish it. Maybe he won't be able to use that uh, in our arguments anymore. Uh, but yeah. I heard from him. Uh, I heard from uh, my roommate at when I was in school, Ray Drew, and uh, he left some words of encouragement. And, uh, you know, I, I got a lot of uh, – notes from people um but uh it's it's been it's been kind of a little bit of a whirlwind uh since the game um you know it was we got off that night and then we were back in uh the next morning already back at work and uh so uh still catching up with with everything but uh it's been it's been a blessing Chris, we appreciate you taking time for me, man. Uh, I know a lot of people in the Atlanta area are really appreciative of uh, hearing from you before the big game. We uh, we appreciate you, man, wishing you the best of luck and want to see you go out there and get a win in Vegas uh, coming up next week, man. Best of luck. Thanks, Buck. I uh, appreciate you guys having me and everyone who supported me up to this point, the whole Bulldog Nation. Um, I'm really grateful for all of you. Thank you. Hey, Chris, thanks for the time, buddy. No problem. Glad we can we'll make see, it happen. We'll see you down the road. All right. Thanks, okay. man. Great to catch up with Chris. So let's break down the big game, shall we? Let's start with the Niners offense and the Chiefs defense. This Kansas City defense, as I mentioned earlier, 
is playing at an elite level right now. Spags does an incredible job of disguising pressures and coverages. And that effectiveness was on full display against Lamar Jackson and the Ravens. Spags put eight in the box pre-snap, and the Chiefs were able to get the Ravens away from the run game and get a lot of quick pressure up the middle. That's what eight in the box does. Uh, five can't block eight, so the coordinators are going to see that immediately. Say, so we're not going to try to run it. We're going to need to throw the football right now. And so the Chiefs were able to disguise uh, where those four, five, six rushers were coming from out of the eight-man box, which caused a little bit of confusion on protections for Baltimore. And it seemed like the Chiefs were able to get some free rushers, some quick pressure on Lamar Jackson. And here was the other problem, is the Chiefs were getting some really tight coverage on the Ravens' receivers, who weren't very good, to be completely honest. And that gave Lamar fit. So he felt the pressure quickly. He's looking to get rid of the ball quickly. There were no receivers that were open. There were some really good throws Lamar Jackson made that were right on target, but because of the tight coverage, the defenders were able to knock that ball down. So I'm um, going to probably see a lot more of this in the Super Bowl. Shanahan's wide zone scheme provides balance. So it's going to be a balanced offense. The 49ers are going to throw at this Chiefs defense with a lot of run action passes off that wide zone run look. You're going to see a lot of that, sort of a signature pass play for Shanahan and the 49ers. Shanahan also has two big-time star players to feature. So he's going to be busy targeting and trying to feature Debo Samuel, who is simply a difference maker. They get him involved in the run game with some speed sweeps and some runs, and then also uh, featuring Debo Samuel in the passing game, targeting him a lot. Debo getting 10 to 15 targets a game. And right now, Debo Samuel playing with a dinged-up shoulder. But, hey, he's been able to tough it out so far able to uh, hold up in the NFC Championship game in that 49ers comeback win. Now, the other star is running back Christian McCaffrey, who is getting 20-plus uh, touches a game. Shanahan's no fool. Got to get these big timers, these difference makers, the ball. And uh, those 20-plus touches by McCaffrey includes four to five catches during the game so they get McCaffrey involved in the passing game and they're going to give him the ball on those wide zone runs a lot during the game too both these stars provide explosive big playability that the Chiefs are going to have to deal with quarterback Brock Purdy is under the spotlight especially with all the attention on the great Patrick Mahomes if the Niners are going to win Purdy it's going to have to have uh, going to have to play at a very high level in this game. Now he had a, a tough first half uh, in the NFC Championship game, but it came back and played a really high level in the second half to lead the 49ers uh, back to victory and advance to the Super Bowl. But I tell you what, if they're going to beat this Chiefs team that's playing so well right now, Purdy's going to have to play well in both halves. You played just well in one half. I'm not sure that's 
that's going to be enough. And and Brock has eliminated this idea that he's a front runner that only plays well when the 49ers are on top. He's led two consecutive comebacks in the playoffs, which has been very impressive watching him uh, do that. And he's done it with both his arm and his legs. He's pulled it down and run that sucker, uh, picked up some big uh, first down conversions on third down with his legs and is doing some damage there too. So let's get to the big keys on this side of the ball. Number one, is going to be third down. Uh, 49ers looking to be in manageable third down situations where you can both run or throw against this elite level Kansas City defense. That's going to be important. So 49ers uh, need to be effective on third down and converting, keeping those drives alive. And then number two, the 49ers must, uh, they're going to have to ball out in the red zone, man. I mean, to win. San Francisco is going to need touchdowns when they get inside the Chiefs' 20-yard line. You settle for field goals, it's going to be a recipe to get beat in this game. So Niners got to score seven when they get inside that red zone. Hey, let's flip it around. Look at the other side of the ball. Got the Chiefs' offense and the 49ers' defense, and the primo matchup is going to come up front on that line of scrimmage. Mahomes' offensive line, man, it's been shaky a little bit this season. And the 49ers' defensive line is is elite, is what they are. Uh, with those guys, Bosa up there, Armstead, uh, Hargrave, Chase Young, talking about big money difference makers there on that front four for San Francisco on that uh, defensive line. So that's going to be uh, that's going to be huge on this side of the ball. Uh, they're expected to dominate up front and allow these linebackers, Fred Warner and Dre Greenlaw, to run around and hit people and create some havoc. Uh, their defensive coordinator, San Francisco's defensive coordinator, Steve Wilkes, who because of the uh, talent they've got on the front four. You're going to see Wilkes play a lot of soft, off-zone coverage. They don't blitz a heck of a lot. They rely on pressure from the star-studded front four. And the key matchup up there is going to come Nick Bosa at that left defensive end spot facing off against the Chiefs' right tackle, Jawan Taylor. And uh, Taylor's had a rough season, man. He leads NFL offensive linemen in penalties. He gets called for holding more than any other offensive tackle in football. So this is going to be a key matchup there to keep an eye on. Uh, Nick Bosa probably thinking he's going to have a big, big game against him. He's got a Bosa's going to have to dominate this matchup and get Mahomes on the ground, sack him two, three, four times in the game. You know, Andy Reid has done another masterful job game planning and play calling for this Chiefs offense. Right now he's featuring a trio of playmakers you got Mahomes and Travis Kelsey in sync, and got Rasheed Rice and Isaiah Pacheco. Those three guys have been doing the majority of the damage for this Kansas City offense in the playoffs. And I'm sure that uh, we got Taylor Swift really happy about Kelsey getting that ball a lot these days. Chiefs offense is also thriving with these big explosive plays over 20 yards. And that has been 
where Kansas City has taken off around midseason all the way through the playoffs are getting these big explosive plays. And, and many of those are coming with Mahomes extending plays with his legs, with his elusiveness. And, and when he gets outside the pocket and extends these plays, very accurate on his throws on the run down the field. I'm not sure what the Niners are going to have to do to try to offset that. But I do expect to see the Niners maybe change it up a little bit. As I mentioned, playing all that soft zone, I think Mahomes and Kelsey would pick that apart and continue their trend of being in sync. Uh, so I do wonder, is this a matchup where Coach Wilkes is going to flip the script a little bit, bring some heat, maybe play a little bit more blitz man coverage just to change it up some? So keep an eye on that part of the matchup in the game. Mahomes would just simply, in my opinion, carve up that soft zone stuff that the 49ers have been playing most of the season. My Super Bowl pick, I know everybody's going to have one. I'm going to go uh, 49ers 27, Chiefs 23. The 49ers break through and finally uh, get that Super Bowl victory under Kyle Shanahan. That's going to do it for episode 93, my Super Bowl preview. want to thanks, uh, give a thanks to Chris Conley, who uh, took time to be on the show, and also to our 680 The Fan social media director, Amanda Swartz, who always seems to make time for me. We appreciate her very much. Hey, we're going to catch up with you next time on Buck's Beat. This morning in North Carolina, wheels are spinning. Determination is winning. A passion is now a thriving business, and it shows no signs of slowing down. How? The power of a conversation, like the one Clint Spiegel had with First Horizon Bank about starting a bike wheel manufacturing facility in Asheville. Now it's not just talk, it's rubber meets road. First Horizon Bank, let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com Clint. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. The fan is ready for brave season. Are you? 3-1 smoked high in the air, deep center field, and heading for the horizon. A home run by Olsen. We're streaming every game of the Braves 2024 season free on the 680 The Fan app. So make sure you download it now and don't miss a pitch of the Braves this season.